Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food. Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And welcome back to an intermediary episode of, I guess, what is the love-life connection morphing into something new. I'm thinking I'm going to call the podcast Run Your Money, but I'm not, you know hanging my head on that officially because who knows what will happen and what ideas will percolate over the summer. Um, But I am back this week because I'm really excited to share with you my friend Kira. Kira is a dating uh, educator and she is a positive psychology practitioner. And honestly, she's amazing. She's super smart. And you all know that I have a lot of critiques (laughs) and criticism, uh, you know, towards others in this industry, Um, largely because of like the whole manifesting, be positive, um, here's how to get a guy kind of thing. And, um, you know, you probably know that doesn't work. It might work to get to date one, date two, date three, maybe date five or six, if you're lucky and really good at playing the quote unquote game. Um, But that has nothing to do with building a relationship. And that's what I really like about Kira, because she really talks about building a relationship and teaching you how to do it. Um, She comes from a family of educators. And so she just, I don't know, it's in her blood, her in her DNA. Um, And so I had, I recorded this interview when I wasn't 100% sure what was going on with the podcast, um, or meaning my podcast. Um, But regardless of what happened, I knew I wanted to share her with you. One, because, again, I think this interview was really good. It's one of my favorites I've ever done. And I think you're really going to like it, too. And also because I am moving into a different space and not talking about dating and relationships in the way that I used to be, um, I wanted you to have another resource and person to turn to. And again, (laughs) there's not that many people in the industry that I would be like unequivocally like, yes, go work with her. I 100% trust her work and how she teaches and what she teaches and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, other people I might say like, no, don't go. Or I might be like, well, here's some caveats, things to think about. But I have nothing like that 
with Kara. She truly is amazing. Um, so you can find her on Instagram. She's Kira Sabin, I think, S-A-B-I-N. Um, and she talks all about how to get in touch with her if you resonate with her stuff. Um, so originally she was coming on to the show to talk about online dating. We actually have very different opinions about online dating. And I really like that she was able to bring her perspective because, you know, I think I'm pretty smart, but I'm not like all knowing, (laughs) you know, and I'm always up for, you know, for my own opinions and judgments to be like, hey, well, did you think of it this way? Um, Because ultimately that's how we learn and grow. And I definitely am taking what she said into my own, you know, evolving opinion about online dating. So if you are online dating, have online dated, are thinking about online dating, um, which I know is many, many women who are dating. Um, I think this episode is a really important listen. It takes us a little bit longer to get to that part of the episode because we kind of got not necessarily sidetracked, but um, just talked about the state of dating in general. And what she talked about was absolutely fascinating. And honestly, I can't believe I haven't talked about this myself um, because I am kind of a history geek, certainly a political or yeah, yeah, like a political news junkie kind of person. And she talks about the history of dating, um, not like super in depth, but it kind of gives you an idea as to how we got to the state of dating right now. And part of her mission is to fix it, right? And you know, you might be thinking, well, I'm trying to do my work, but what about all the guys out there? And so she has an answer to that that I think is really helpful to think about. Um, anyways, so I hope you enjoy this episode with Kira. Make sure you get on her newsletter or Instagram or whatever to follow her work if you resonate. Because again, I wholeheartedly trust her. I think she's doing really good stuff over there. Um, and then, of course, if you are interested in learning more about my money stuff, um, Instagram, TikTok, and newsletter, my newsletter, my Run Your Money newsletter is the best place to do that. Um, and you can catch all those links over at veronicagrant.com forward slash newsletter. And then next week, I will post an episode where I was actually on Kira's podcast, um, where she, she, her podcast is called Reinventing Dating. And it's an almost daily show, which totally blows my mind. Anyways, so um, I was on her podcast where I talked more specifically about how to think about money and dating um, and money in relationships and how to talk about money early on, um, even earlier than you think is quote unquote appropriate. Um, So I'll release that episode next week. So I hope you get to enjoy that, get a double dose of Kira. And without further ado, let's get to my interview with Kira. Hi, Kira. Welcome to the show. I would say the Love Life Connection, but that is on pause. I don't know the name of my new show quite yet but I'm so excited to introduce my audience to you. So welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so what do you call yourself? Cause you're not just like a dating coach. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. And in fact, I, I like really evolved away from that term a long time ago. Cause I just think there's a lot of sketchy dating coaches out there. And yeah. as a fellow, you know, as a former dating coach, you know what I'm talking about, but I call myself a life coach for singles. I call myself the troop leader of love. I call myself <laughs> a dating and relationship educator. I also am a, a positive psychology practitioner. I have my um, a certification in that. So I have lots of titles yes. and, uh, but it's, it's more about teaching 
people how to date and reinventing dating for that matter than uh, than anything else at this point. Okay, so I'm really excited to dive into this. And I've already said in the introduction to this episode, but just in case anyone fast forwarded through that, because sometimes, you know, I can be guilty of that. Um, you were like my go-to, like all my people who are like, well, who am I going to turn to for help in love and dating? I'm like, Kira, Kira's your person. So here she is. Um, so you talked a lot about reinventing dating and wanting to fix that. That's actually the name of your podcast. It is reinventing dating, right? That's the that's actual, yeah, yeah, that's the name. Um, so I can already hear people saying, but what about the men? <laughs> like, it's just all on me to, to, I'm curious, like what you're, I'm sure you've heard that kind of. Oh before. my God. Oh, Veronica. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the thing is, is that here's the deal. I have a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts about dating and I know like one of my favorite things about you and we were just talking about this is that I feel like you are an, and I are an alignment of kind of the same values of what we think is important. You know, we're teaching very similar things and I think it's, it's just, oh my God, Veronica, I forgot your question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. The, the, what about it? What I got what it. About, I got what, it. How do you say that? What about ism? What about ism? <laughs> That's a hard word to say. Like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Um, but yeah, because I, I think this is, I mean, this is a question that I've got and I haven't like really like positioned my messaging or branding around like, I got we need it to now. fix dating, right? Yes. So right. yeah. What about the men? Like, don't they have to learn too? Yeah. Well, first of all, of course, but here's the point. Yeah. You are one half of every one of your relationships and you're right. the only part you can control. Yeah. So dating and relationships are going to get a shit ton easier when you know what you need, when you've done the work for your mindset and, and skills to build that with somebody else. Yeah. We kind of make this assumption, and I'm sure you see this with your clients all the time, Veronica, that because people are out there, maybe they're on dating apps, maybe they're out meeting people that they are ready for a relationship. And that is untrue. That is yeah. untrue. Just because somebody says, I want a relationship doesn't mean they're ready. Doesn't mean they know how to show up for you. Doesn't know mean that they know how to solve problems with you. It doesn't mean a lot of shit. So yeah. we do this work because we know that dating and making or creating a relationship with another person is, is hard and you want to do it as well as, as possible. I'm over here working with men. Don't worry about men, but you have to have your shit in line or you will get taken advantage of. You will find yourself in three, four, five months of dating somebody who's not actually ready to be with you. We do this work so that we can filter out the bullshit and actually find a partner. So don't worry about men, yeah. right? And by the way, what I see as a problem, and, and Veronica, I wonder if you have thoughts about this, but a lot of what we're talking about men versus women to me actually turns out to be a lot about avoidant versus anxious attachment style. Oh, interesting. So here's what I think. Here's what I see happening. So due to what I believe is just a lot of a societal thing also, um, about 80% of the female population is anxious and about 80% of the male population is avoidant. So there's something about anxious people wanting a relationship, almost a little bit desperately wanting a relationship. That's part of attachments, anxious attachment style, thinking that because they want that, that they're available, that they're emotionally available, that they're physically available, and they are ready for a relationship. Yeah. I call bullshit. 
that I was my it. mistake. I'm like, I just because I want a relationship, that makes me ready. I right doesn't mean you're ready. Doesn't mean you're ready. If you don't know how you yeah. work, if you don't know how you need to be loved, if you don't yeah. know how to share that with another person, then we can put the perfect fucking match in front of you. Veronica and I can scan the universe for you, find you the match. And if you don't know how to build something with them, it doesn't mean jack shit. Yeah. So when I hear women talking about, oh, we're doing the emotional work for men. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing the emotional? Like show up, choose wisely, teach them how to treat you. And that person's either going to build a relationship with you or they're not. And you're going to learn yeah. that very quickly if you are dating with intention and know what the fuck you want. Yeah. But I find that the whole like, what's wrong with men? And, it, and the thing is, is that we're then dating avoidance. Now, avoidance want love. They want a relationship. They need this just like every other human. But somewhere along the way, they've been told that their emotions or emotions in general are wrong or bad. So when you start getting nervous, when we start getting a little bit clingy, a little bit, you know, oh, I'm not hearing from you enough or, or, you know, that, that kind of push and pull that starts to happen with attachment styles and in the power struggle phase, we assume that we want relationships and it's men who are the problem and don't want relationships. And none of that is true. These are attachment styles at play. And just because you want a relationship doesn't mean you're ready for one. And I see that all day, every day, all day, every day, these women who are, are banging down the door saying, I want love. I want a relationship. Where are the men? Yeah. And the thing is, is that they're there. And by the way, I know plenty of men who have been to therapy. I know plenty of men who have had coaching, right? They are 100% out there. I have an incredible relationship. Veronica, I believe you do too, right? Do. But that's because we did that work up front yeah. to be able to build that with them. And so that now I, I always say that one of the things I'm doing is I'm, I'm teaching people how to date up front. So it's easier later. Right now mm -hmm. we're just dating people or like we, we fall into relationships. We hope they work out. Right. And then two to three years sometimes, and you're already married. Sometimes you're even pregnant and you're like, oh, wow, I don't even know this person, or I don't even like this person, or this person is actually not ready for a relationship at all. But I was just blinded by all the chemicals and the chemistry and all the shit of the, you know, honeymoon period. So now here I am in this relationship and I have wasted time. I've wasted energy. When, if I actually knew what I was looking for and what I was doing, I would have never gotten to this place. Yeah. You know, we, there's a lot of blame game, but at the end of the day, I see men very confused on what their role is. That's, and you know what? And it's okay that they're confused. The role that men and women have played in the past has not been healthy for either of them. Yeah. But I also see women not speaking up, not asking for what they need. Thinking that if somebody likes you, they're going to change for you. Dating people for potential versus dating people for where they're at. That yeah. makes you an asshole. Yeah. So we're all struggling out here. We all have work to do. And you do this work because you realize that the people out there who are telling you they're ready for a relationship aren't, and it helps you decipher, filter that out and, and, and choose better. Yeah. You put this so well. <laughs> Thank you. That honestly, that is an ultimate compliment for me. I'm literally tearing <laughs> up a little bit because I talk to myself and my clients all day, every day. Right. But yeah, having a colleague say that makes me feel really nice. Thank you. Yeah. I, I really like how this is just like avoidant and anxious 
playing out. I think a lot of women listening to this, well, most of my audience is women. Most of my audience is anxious or identifies with the anxious attachment yes. style. And so, um, I think many of them will be like, oh, that's just the anxious attachment, like, you know, placing blame on someone else. And I think it's a really good point that you want like both parties we're talking about anxious and avoidant both want relationships. Um, but it gets played out in different ways. I, I don't know. I, I just love the way you put it. Like it, it's so clear. And I think it'll make so many light bulbs go off. I hope so. I think that we have created this lie about men needing to be chased or caught or, yeah. you know, get the guy and keep him like he's some fucking scared rabbit. That's bullshit. We uh, all want... <laughs> <laughs> what? What? But it's we've bullshit. talked about him at we don't have to like we don't have to like go there. But, but yeah, that's basically get the guy, you know, that's what he does. <laughs> right. And then, you know, and then bend over and say only the right things or these things to keep him. Yeah. And that is just teaching us to continue to not be who we are or to really yeah. look at what of our actions is healthy and working and getting us love and what isn't. Yeah. I don't believe we fall in love. I don't believe we fall out of love. I believe that love is a side effect of a really fucking strong relationship. So if you don't build a relationship that is able to have the full of trust and respect and appreciation and kindness and connection and vulnerability. If that's not there, that love will not continue. No matter how yeah. strong it was for the first six months, no matter how strong it was even for the first couple of years, yeah. that's not the way love works. I, I love, I love that you said that. I I've often said that love is a state of being like, you can love someone and also be very angry at them. Right. And those feel Absolutely. like opposite emotions. Whereas, in a more, let's just say less healthy <laughs> relationship, sometimes love can be withheld or, you know, or given as like some sort of like power play or quote unquote reward. And um, that's just not how it works. Like it's not an emotion in the same way that like, absolutely, I feel sad right now or because that can be fleeting or. I actually you know think I mean? that love is fleeting. Oh, Veronica, we're having a combo here. Uh, I actually believe based on the work of Barbara Fredrickson in her book, Love 2.0, which I think is out fucking standing and should be the core of what we're teaching about love. She basically teaches that love is not unconditional. It is even not long lasting. It is an emotion just like happiness or sadness or anger. Mm, and you have a relationship that creates love. Now, I'm not thinking about my husband every second of every day. I am not in love with him every second because I'm working on shit, right? I'm work, running my business. I'm I'm talking to friends or other or, or whatever. But the minute he, I see him, the minute I bring him up in my mind, I instantly feel that love again, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because our relationship is so strong. It's so intentional. I mean, we're such good communicators at this point. So. I constantly feel love. Even when we're angry, I can bring up that feeling of love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we have been taught that love is something we're supposed to fall into and it just continues. And I don't think that's true. And oh, now yeah. that I've been in a relationship for nine years, I know that's not true for me. Yeah. It doesn't happen by default. <laughs> right. It doesn't. Sure. And I mean, and that's crazy. If we think about it, we never fall into any other emotions and think that that's supposed to stay forever. 
But yet when we talk about love, we do. And it's, uh, Mm. it's really silly, honestly, considering, you know, considering that they are now creating uh, like self flying taxis. I'm not even joking. This is something that they're working on yet. We still believe that you fall in love and it lasts forever. How does well, this, that make, well, this, make this it make gets sense, my, Veronica? I will make it make sense. This, make it this, sense. this gets into my favorite topic, which my um, longtime listeners will know, which is the patriarchy. It's all by design. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Let's talk about the misogyny. Because like, if women believe that it is like this game of being chosen and to chase and to be, and like your, your inherent worth and desire goes up when you are chosen or in a relationship or married or whatever, or have children, um who does that benefit you know what i mean well i know who it benefits (laughs) and it ain't the woman yeah and so so yeah like it's it's by it's it's by design in both like very systematic ways but then ways that have just like um oh shoot what's the phrase like when something just takes a life of its own do you know what i mean like i don't think like literally the people writing those old disney movies for example we're like, how could we use the patriarchy right, right. <laughs> to perpetuate we, the system? How do you know, we teach <laughs> this to the children, right? Like, yeah, like I don't think that was literally like a conversation. I mean, who knows? Maybe I don't think so, but I don't think it was literally a conversation going. On. Especially the older Disney movies, they're trying to be more progressive in the newer ones. Maybe um, white supremacy. Maybe that they were <laughs> teaching that, but they weren't meaning to teach misogyny. That's but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, so I do think like this idea has morphed into its own being from like the original like teachings of like the church. Really, was like the 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 original institution that you know had like these higher patriarchal hierarchies of like men and women's place in society, et cetera. Right. Um. Anyway, so that's my answer to your question. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then it just becomes like, oh, this is just how the world works. Like, you know, like the sky's blue, the grass is green, the world turns on an axis at a tilt, you know what I mean? Like, right. and this is how a woman gets value, you know? Like, it's just, that's how it is until we start shaking up and it's like, well, yeah, the sky is blue, the grass is green, but there's some other things that may not be as true. <laughs> um, and certainly the patriarchy uh, and what it perpetuates is um, you know, is that, well, I mean, and this is the one thing I say, I'm here for the love, right? I'm here to help my clients and just singles in general get to love. And I want to remove anything that I think is keeping us from love. And that's a lot. And I think like online dating is keeping us from love. I think, um, you know, these idea that of gender roles is keeping us from love. I, yeah. I think that there's a lot of things, um, just kind of unhelpful beliefs or, un, you know, or not up to date information that is keeping us from love. And that's totally. really what I am trying to do on a daily basis is just help us get out of our own way. Because yeah. love is actually pretty easy, right? It's, it's relationships aren't relationships are what the problem are or what the problem is like love can't hurt you because love is the singular emotion that's what i believe but relationships there's a whole lot of crazy that comes along with those yeah okay so you said you said a buzzword online dating (laughs) also i just want to point out that um okay so my husband does like 
92% of the cooking in our house. And um, it's just so funny because, you know, that's not like the quote unquote gender rule, right? right? Or the correct gender rule. And I was in the kitchen making food the other day and um, our son, he's like exploded with language, like over the past few months. And he's like almost, almost three. And he's like, mommy, what are you doing? <laughs> Like I'm in daddy's space. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, my work is complete. <laughs> and we are done here. Right. But it's totally true that like so many things that we believe are just what we were, were taught was appropriate yes. or inappropriate. Like some yes. people use the word like domesticated. Yeah. Some people use the word, but ultimately so many of our beliefs about love and relationships and dating are out of date, yeah. are unhelpful. And like one of the things that I've done the last couple of years that I have found fascinating is I do a, a full workshop on the history of love, dating and relationships. And it's Ooh, it's mind-blowing so i'm going to give you three things right now off the okay. top of my head that i think would blow your mind so number one uh romantic love as we know it is really a brand new thing yeah 200 300 years you probably know that already yes. right and in fact romeo and juliet was written as a warning against romantic love oh. not a love story like Shakespeare was actually like, don't fall in, you know, this kind of like young and teenage, like romantic love, you might die. <laughs> right? Like, so that's one of the things that I thought was fascinating when I found out that, that this so like fascinating crazy love story about 13 year olds that we hold up in this like weird romantic thing. And it wasn't even written as a love story. It's written as like a, a warning that, you know, if you fall in love with somebody from another family that's like you know like here are the terrible things that could happen so that's number one number two dating wasn't actually even a thing until the early 1900s before that it would be courting or wooing your family picked out your person yeah with you or for you because it was more about uh combining land or combining resources than it yeah. was about whether or not you even liked that person, right? Yeah. And your family really couldn't afford to keep you most of the time. Yeah. Um. So dating is, is is a pretty new thing. And it actually started happening when women and men, when the Industrial Revolution came and they could move into cities uh, and women would stay in these boarding houses, right? That were also called virgin vaults. Um, <laughs> I know, isn't that hilarious? Uh, well, not hilarious and terrible. Um. So they would stay in these boarding houses, but it was the first time that women could actually work out of the home, like on their own. Right. So these young women were going in and being secretaries, being teachers, things like that, getting training, but they were never taught or they were never paid enough to actually live. So what they were paid was something called like pin money, which is enough money to supplement a husband's or a dad father's income. But they, women had to date if they wanted to actually live and, and eat and then right. have a life yeah. and how women would say, I would not actually be able to afford every meal if I didn't date. Like that's how little women were paid back then. Um, wow. And so men had to pay for the date. It wasn't a question. It wasn't chivalry. It wasn't anything, but that women were not actually paid enough to be able to for afford their part. Interesting. And then the third thing that I think is probably the most interesting is that 
after World War II and so many young men did not come home, there was a huge scarcity push to women and young women in particular to lock somebody down or you weren't going to get somebody. And I feel like we are still living in that scarcity, though it's not true anymore. But this idea that, you know, that now at 12 or 13 or 14, you start going steady, you go get pinned, you know, you might get your, your boyfriend's letter jacket. All of that was basically because you were told as a young woman, your number one goal is to, to land a husband. And once again, you were still not paid enough to exist on your own at that point, like in the forties and fifties. So women were forced to focus on getting married, making sure they were in a relationship if they wanted to survive. And now they were being told they have to compete against all the other women for these, this low amount of men. That's so fascinating. This, what, what, so fascinating. what comes up to my, or what comes up to mine, what comes to my mind? <laughs> I can talk. <laughs> um, what comes to my mind is, um, and this is something that I think Sex and the City talked about a lot, which I know you have a lot of opinions about, which we're not going to talk about today, but <laughs> um, I know you analyze shows and movies and rom-coms and whatnot. But anyways, um, this whole idea that like chivalry is dead and it's like, well, was it ever alive? Because <laughs> for something to be dead, it had to be alive. Well, and, and I do feel like there's like this mythical, like there mm. was a time when men opened the doors and paid and did this and did that. And I know we're talking about like in very heterosexual norms here, but I do think that has a big influence on like dating culture. Um, uh, but I don't, I, I feel like it's just like this mythical, it kind of reminds me of, um, so my, my husband watches all those like late night shows that are not on right now because of the writer's strike, but normally he does. And, um, there was, I don't know which one it was, but it was like one of those times where like one of the, not the main guy, not like Colbert, but like one of his guys or whoever it was, was going into the street and asking people. So when was America great? You know, referring to make America great again. And you know, they would say things like, you know, the 1950s, right? And and so then the the interviewer would be like, well, you know, what about like segregation or women's rights? And they're like, oh, you're just like pointing out all the bad things, <laughs> you, you know? Right. Um, and so like there's, and this is like not unique to dating, obviously. Like there's right. always like this mythical of like, let's go back to this like, perfect time period that we've unraveled from did not exist yeah and I and I feel like dating is very much in that um imagination like there was like okay like you had to like go on a date in order to eat like that's chivalry like we need to discuss what chivalry right it's control (laughs) it's literally control it's power absolutely like by making women have to have relationships or get married to even survive that's a level of control and you can't even tell me because that wasn't true of men right but you're you're talking and there's actually like some theories out there and i'm not i can't i i don't know enough about it but just that as a country we always look back to the 50s like after the war right the late 40s and early 50s as this idyllic time and I've very blind spotted to all of the shit, as you just mentioned, that was going yeah. on. And just as a reminder, uh, as a woman in the 50s and even 60s, you could not have your own bank account. Right. 
Okay. You couldn't have your own bank account. You couldn't have your own credit card or anything like that until the seventies. So all of this, like, remember when men did this or this happened here, like we have never date dating is actually very new and it's never been done well. So the fact that we are now in 2023 going, why is this broken? And I'm like, it's always been broken. It's just that now we're in a place where we can look at it and, and, and make, have critical thoughts about it because for so long it was just about women being able to afford to live. Right. You know, there was nothing romantic about it. You had to, your parents couldn't afford to keep you, you know, like you had to basically be in a relationship after 25, you were like an old maid and you would probably have to live a pretty quiet and existence. That's, that was the very, the norm of that time. And, and, you know, they, I, we idealize that time and it wasn't still ideal, I ideal for many, many people. Right. Right. Um. I think it's such an important conversation because I do think that there are a lot of women swiping on the apps, just thinking like, why am I dating now? I wish I was, you know, dating before the apps came out. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Before this, and it's like, well, I don't know. It's never a great time. Um, it but, was it's, just... but it's not because of you. It's just like different societal things that were going on. There's always been, I mean, like, oh gosh, what was I watching or listening to? Um Oh, I know. It was the, all the Britney Spears stuff, you know, oh, like free Britney. Yep. Got it. Yeah. And yeah. so I listened to, um, this podcast, God, what was podcasting? It doesn't matter. It's not really about what was going on today. What was going on was what, how she was talked about back in the nineties. Yes. And like, it just reminded me of how women were talked about in the nineties or like everyone who listens to my show knows that the bachelor is my main squeeze when it comes to although love is blind is really like vying for my number one spot. But anyways, um, the first, the first season came out in 2002, which is still basically the nineties. Right. Um, in terms of like a cultural moment, um, anyways, but like the boob shots and the butt shots and the way that women were talked about, like even in, in, in that show, like even in 2023 is still a very like archaic, very, very problematic show for lots and lots and lots of reasons outside of just gender but you watch these like little almost like time capsules and you're like this is not that I remember like like you know the 90s (laughs) you know what I mean in the early 2000s 
And like, but I forgot how women were talked about then that would be wildly inappropriate today. I mean, I watch stuff now, like my husband and I too, because he's such an awesome feminist and, and like, we'll watch something even 10, 12 years old and go, woo, that wouldn't happen. You know, that wouldn't be said today. Like I recently rewatched Friends and it was not what I remembered. Yeah. We had the same experience rewatching Modern Family. Yeah. Okay. I totally get that too. The, so. the, the, the weight and, and how Gloria is talked about. Gloria is oh like the, the stepmom. Yes. And then also just her being Hispanic. Like, oh my gosh. It's, Ooh. it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like what was even okay to say on TV 10 years ago that I think would now not be. And I appreciate that. I don't like as a plus size woman, I don't appreciate jokes about fat people. Uh, I mean, you know, I cannot believe how truly, especially among the guys on friends, how homophobic the amount of comments they make about, you know, like they hug because they have a nice moment or like, Oh, Oh yeah. Sorry about that. And Oh yeah. God forbid we touch or any, you know what I mean? Just like weird shit all the time. And it's, you know, and, and how there's like not one person of color for like eight seasons. I know. I know. Okay. So we've been like, we're like, okay, here's where we are. We are like in someone's front yard and we're like, should I text them to let them know that I'm here or should I knock? So this, (laughs) (laughs) that is where we are. And the door is online dating because we've been kind of talking about it. Um, and I'm really excited actually to have this conversation because people who, who've listened to my podcast for a while, um, well, let me just say like, just and to catch everyone up in case there's anyone who doesn't know my overall viewpoint around online dating, um, is it's just a tool. It's just another way you meet people. You can meet people at a bar, you can meet people at church, you can meet people at online dating. Um, and, and, and that's just what it is. And there are ways to approach it that make it a better experience and ways to not approach it. And generally speaking, I think that if you can approach online dating as you would meeting someone in person, the better off it'll be. So for example, like if you're talking to someone at a bar and they whip their dick out, you'd probably be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Whereas online dating, we're like, oh, this is just part of like finding the needle in the haystack. Right. right? Like, Whereas ew, like, right, no, let's ew. just block and move on. Right. So anyways, so I have like a neutral perspective. Like, I don't think it's good or bad. I just think that like, it can be something that's really helpful, especially for single moms or if you're introverted or it's cold outside or just whatever, you don't leave the house for whatever reason. You have a very different opinion. So I'm very excited for you to share that with my people. Cause I always like, it's not that I am like the God who knows all about dating. So I, I'd love to hear your perspective. Well, I definitely have a perspective <laughs> uh, and I'm not a fan. So, and I feel like that is, that is not a stance in kind of our, among our peers, right? Like a lot of people are It's very unusual. Yeah. Right. A lot of people are helping people like build profiles or take photos that, you know, to look good or, um, you know, just kind of those first steps of how to use online dating. I think online dating, once again, I'm here for love. I think it's keeping us from love. I actually think that online dating in general with COVID is really burning us out to the point Mm -hmm. of where I'm talking to women who are like, I'm good. I don't even want to try. I've had so many shitty experiences, so many 
like either scammers or assholes show up, like they're starting to question if love exists. They're starting to question if there's somebody out there. And then I have issues. But I also have issues with a few things that we don't talk about enough, which is number one, uh, most uh, most do not scan for sex offenders. That's a problem for me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if you are on a free app like Tinder, uh, Plenty of Fish, things like that. They are very open that they do not scan screen for anything. So there's a very good chance. And this is actually a, a percentage of women who have went out on a first date and been raped, who have actually uh, been sexually assaulted. Because even though you're paying these apps, they're not fucking taking care of you. I think that even now, like th some of them say that they they scan for them, but all they do is they like, when you check the, do you agree with this? It's like, do you promise that you have not been a sex offender in the past, right? And like, as long as you would just agree with like terms and conditions, that's your supposed, but nobody's actually making sure that the person that you're meeting is not honestly a sociopath. And why are we paying yeah. somebody who are not even like protecting us in the smallest way? There are women yeah. who are suing match.com, who owns the majority, by the way. Um, they they own they own everything. They own, they own, they yes, own okay they, yep, yeah, all I of it. Exactly. And um, and then we kind of have a bumble over here, which is female owned, which is probably if I was going to recommend one. She does things a little bit better, but I'm not giving her an out because she still uh, is not scanning for for. Um, yeah, I don't. For, I mean, we could talk about. I mean, this is kind of getting off, but like, I don't understand the benefit of like the woman having or getting to reach out. Like, how does that protect her? Because it is still open to the conversation. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, right. I think that I, you know. <laughs> so so first of all, I think it's a little. I think it's unsafe. We are paying this people. Online dating is now a multi-billion dollar industry, right? Yeah. Like I think last year it was eight or nine billion dollars. So there are people making money and there are people who are being taken advantage of. Like yeah. the very least you can do is make sure that your people are protected, right? right. Who are not yeah. going to be going on with somebody who is been arrested for a sexual assault. Next, romance scams are the number one scams on uh online like period so what that means is uh somebody will pretend they're in the military or far away and they build and like pretend to build you know a relationship with you and now yeah. ai makes it so they can even okay this is fucking crazy as shit ready so ai makes it so you can do like a deep fake so basically they can put up fake photos they can put up and you can now video with them video chat with them and they can use a voice they can even use like take those photos and make it into an ai so you still you think you're chatting with the person that you've been talking to and it may actually be a 70 year old person in you know india like you don't know you don't actually know and now that AI is coming in, it's only like, so romance scams are the biggest online dating scams. I want to say last year, uh, I want to say in the last five years, it's something like $1.3 billion. Yeah. I'm looking at your lost. post that you posted on Instagram. Yeah. yeah so you is what you put. I yeah. got it. I'm, I'm going through it. So I'm like, I'm, I got some questions. That's good. <laughs> $1.3 billion. Yeah. That means single people 
have lost $1.3 billion trying yeah. to find love. There's a problem yeah. there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I didn't even think about the AI part, but that is what I, we won't get an AI, but that shit scares the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, I know. Cause I was just like, because, you know, for a long time, I just didn't really talk about online dating. Cause I just don't like it. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm just kind of like, this feels a little gross for me. And I feel like yeah. there's a lot of people just stalling, right? Like yeah. that's the other part. But once I started digging in and really looking at like the safety, I was like, fuck, this yeah. is, there's some problems here. Problems yeah. that could be taken care of and are not being taken care of. Yeah. And, and the people who are getting the brunt of that are singles and particularly single women. Yeah. Okay. So safety, um, obviously I mean, not to like downplay it, but let's move on to like the next category of some of the things you talked about, which is the success rate. I'm curious about that. (laughs) It's interesting when I say to people, because like, what do you think the success rate of online dating is? Because there is something in Veronica, I'm wondering if you- I wish I could guess this, but I've already seen the post, so I know the number, but I wish I could guess it because I'm not sure what I would say. Right. So, uh, so interesting. Yeah. So a lot of people, so I'll say to them, like, what do you think the success rate is? And because everybody talks now about online dating being kind of like the way to meet somebody, you know, I sometimes get 80%, 90%, you know, of people who, uh, of, of, of you know, people who go on and then have like a successful long-term relationship or get married. Right. Yeah. So that's just kind of looking at the success, success rate. And, yeah. you know, people will say 80, 90%. I think sometimes they're lower, they're like 30 or 40%. And uh, since you're looking at my post, do you want to <laughs> tell everybody how much it is? 12%. 12% motherfuckers, 12%. <laughs> and then long-term, um, relationships that start out online are 28 28% more likely to break down their first year and then three times as likely to get divorced. I didn't know all this. Well, that's why I'm here, Veronica. <laughs> and I don't think anybody, I mean, I, I joke on my podcast that like if I am okay, well, let me ask killed. You what is that, that what is that compared to like because like um I mean I was I did a lot of a lot of online dating when I was dating i also did a lot of like i don't know if you know this i'm jewish so i did a, like a lot of like like young jewish 20 somethings which are basically just designed to get jews to meet each other so they have babies um and so that's i, I did a lot of that in my 20s and uh i guess less than my 30s because i already met my husband by then but um anyways uh but like i don't know what the statistics of this are but like any one person that i want to date with like the chances of us getting married were quite low, but that's right. true for like anyone going on a date, no matter how you meet the person. So the 12%, I mean, I know like the three times more likely, obviously that's compared to people who meet face to face, but like the 12% success rate, how does, do you, do you know even, or I don't even if this data even exists, like, you know, how does that compare to people who are meeting face to face when like, realistically, like any one person you go on a date with, Statistically, that's not going to be your person, right? So, I mean, I, I I can't statistically tell you whether, you know, but what I will tell you is still the number one way to meet people is through friends. Yeah, right? I didn't know that. So, yeah. so, like, to me, like, the first thing you do is you grow your, cir- like, your friend circle instead of, that's like, spending I, all your time fucking swiping. Yeah, you know? that's what I talk about all the time as well. 
right? Uh, also, um, I mean, bars are are 9% success rate. That's not much less than that's where I met my husband. (laughs) Right. And the thing is, is that I, I, I would personally rather somebody meet in real life, even at a bar than I would in this like weird fantasy world that is can be created in online dating, Uh right? Because you and I both talk about online dating. So in theory, this is in theory, online dating is a great idea, right? Just like communism in theory is a great (laughs) idea, right? So the idea about online dating is that because we are supposedly busy and, and, you know, just, we'll just like, cause you know, we're such a busy, busy culture, AKA we're all working to death, uh, but we're so busy and we're just going to be able to meet more people that we maybe wouldn't run into on a daily basis. Yeah, It'll just allow us to meet more people who might be a match for us, right? Like that's the idea. That's a great idea. But here's what I see happening. I see people using it as a crutch of how to maybe get attention, how yeah. to maybe um, start sexting or creating some false intimacy. They never meet up or they like have this whole story about who that person is before they do. Yeah. And that's not helping anybody. Yeah. Like the minute that we are, you know, like I, I say regularly, like love is out loud and it's not in your brain, right? It is not only like your relationship has to be in real life and technology builds a fake intimacy that makes us think we're connecting with somebody and we aren't necessarily. So like I said, like I'm just into, I'm into things that gets us to love and I'm starting to see with success rate, the amount of money that, I mean, like you can't date for, for free online and, and safely, you know, and just like the expectations and just the rudeness, it's not working. Yeah. And nobody seems to be changing it. That's the thing. Like, I I feel like I just hear about another app that's just exactly the same. Right. Yeah. And it's just maybe aimed towards a different, you know, group of people, but just the same. It's still flawed. And I mean, when it comes down to it, Veronica, it doesn't matter how many people you meet if you don't know who's a good match for you, if you don't know how to teach them how to treat you, and if you don't know how to fucking build a relationship. Yeah doesn't matter. So like, that's to me, not the problem we, you know, and when people are like, well, where do I meet people? I'm like, you mean like your ancestors did for the past thousands of years, <laughs> you have awkward conversations and you date, it's not fun, but online dating isn't fun either. And now that people are, are stepping back from dating in general, because online dating is so terrible, like yeah. I have an issue. Yeah. There was just a, an ex, uh, an, New York Times article expose was it an expose I don't know it was an expose but um New York Times has some pretty good coverage about online dating and I have noticed I mean this will go up for the summer I have there is a trend according to this article that like women are being like at least for the summer fuck the apps (laughs) right no Um, and I think and that's where I hope we go I hope that we start getting offline I don't think this is working for us yeah yeah I mean I've always said like um, and you know, I'm going to have to like sit with the post that you, and we'll put that in the show notes and everything. And, um, and everything that we've talked about, I, regardless, like, this is long before, even like I came across your post or like, um, we've had this conversation is 
if online dating is your main way of meeting people, it's probably going to be a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I would always advocate for my clients and women listening to the podcast. Like if you're going to be doing online dating, just see it as like one of many things that you're, Absolutely. you're doing. Cause I do think online dating can kind of like, can fall into the category of social media. And we all know about social media and mental health and like looking for the dopamine hit and like comparing yourself to other people and like, am I good enough? Or am I as good as she is? Or like, look at that pretty house or whatever. Um, and I think that online dating can like sneak its way in there. Um, and so, you know, for those listening who are not totally freaked out by what you just said, Kira, um, that want to, but this is, again, this is, wouldn't be new to any longtime listeners of mine is, um, treat it as if you were going to like a mixer, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like get a little nice, have a little, like have some boundaries. Like you're going to be here for 15 minutes. This is not something that you swipe or scroll on when you're watching Netflix or when you're feeling bad about yourself or all of those things. And also like, if you experience bad behavior, ask yourself, would I put up with this if I met this person in a bar? And for some reason, this is the part where I just cannot figure out like, why do we put up with bad behavior online? But then it's so obviously bad behavior in person when like, really like it's the same damn thing. That's, that's the part of me that blows my mind. Can I tell, can I tell you why we do that? Yeah, sure. Please. Like from what I know, my understanding is the fact that, so there is a false intimacy and that goes both ways. So sometimes we, we end up trusting somebody online way more than, or quickly than we should. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we start sharing and because we're sharing and we don't have to look them in the face, we don't have to look them in the eyes. It feels easier to share things that maybe we shouldn't be sharing yet. Right. So there's this false intimacy that we're that because you don't have to look at them. And when they say something, when you say something to them or they say something to you, like if they were to say something shitty in real life, they would see your eyes react. They would see your face react. They would see that it upset you. Yeah. And that would probably work on changing their behavior. But that's not what's happening online and on technology. They don't see you. They don't. You know what I mean? So it allows people to be shittier. And it also allows us to trust more quickly than we should. It builds this false intimacy. Interesting. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I, and I agree. I'm like, listen, if you like online dating, if you're having fun with it, great. But use that as one of multiple things that you do. Yeah. You know, Get out every week, go take a class, go grow your social circle. Because once again, that's still the number one way to meet people. And how yeah. much easier is it to date? When your friend or somebody you trust says, oh, I know someone, right? That's not 100%, but it's sure a lot easier than some rando. Yeah. I mean, I always talk about how I met Stevie in a bar, but it wasn't, he wasn't a total rando. (laughs) He he actually was through friends, right? Like we had been circling in the same friend group, just like opposite ends of it for, I think I did the math. Shit. What is the math? Um, Let's see. We met in 2013. Uh, Probably like nine years. Or so. I think, I think you're, we're about the same, actually. I met my husband, and it's funny that you're saying that because I joke because we met in a bowling alley, like through a friend, but it wasn't a date, right? It was just like he was trying to see both of us. Um, oh, interesting. To, like kill two birds with one stone kind of thing, and we ended up hitting it off and making out by a dumpster out back drunk. But um, um so, really, so really, so <laughs> really, 
I guess we met in a bar too, right? Like at some level, like it was, it was a bowling alley, but it's a bar in our, yeah. in my hometown. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, we're having we're having our 10 year anniversary. Well, when is I don't know exactly when this episode will drop, but June 11th is our 10 years. Um, but let's see, but we had been circling in the same friend group since 2003, just never met till 2013. Um, but so when I met him at a bar, it wasn't totally random because right. we were both like there with our with our friend group. Um and same anyways, with me, like I had yeah. like somewhat of a you probably had like somewhat of a, a seal of approval right and so did I like when because this was my 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 friend Rob's friend right yeah, like yeah so there was for both of us a little bit of like this person is is somewhat safe or otherwise yeah. that person would not have you know introduced us or or totally. invited them along totally totally um well I really appreciate you sharing your perspective on online dating I think you brought up some really important points that frankly I hadn't thought about um I knew about the background check but I just hadn't really thought about it and I and I think that that's that's really problematic and unfortunate it's really problematic because to me like that's an easy I would especially the sex offender list because that's just the fucking list you know what I mean like right. and I background mean, checks and- are a little more like uh I'm going through a background check right now for my um financial consultant certification so like I understand like it's a little bit more involved um and and I don't know how you would um uh scale that for an online but the, dating but site me, but but like, like comparing it to like a sex offender list like a hundred percent that's a, right there just needs to be a little bit more of gatekeeping, right? Yeah. Like, like basically, you know, we can call it capitalism, we can call it what patriarchy, we can call it whatever. But like right now on these apps, you are paying and people are not protecting you. And yeah. I'm not okay with that, right? Yeah. Like you're not only, you know, not only are is this questionably not working at 12% success rate, but you're also paying for it. And these people are, I mean, you know, there was, there was a guy a couple, like a month ago who was, who had been on a dating app, I believe hurt, assaulted, or killed the woman he, that he had been on a date with, and then was hiding out on people that he was meeting on dating apps. So like, while he was escaping the police, he was basically meeting women and being like, do you want to meet up? And then he would stay at their house. And I believe he hurt some of them. Like, this is real. This is real. These people are not protecting us and they're even still taking your money. And like, that's bullshit. This is why I don't do Airbnb anymore. You're and the thing is, is that I've now done enough Airbnb. Like I'm turned off too. Right. Like it's just because they don't stories where I'm like, like, yeah, like I've, we've been in situations where, cause I think, you know, um, Twice now, Danny and I have lived out of the country, live in Costa Rica for one winter. And then for a year, we lived in Mexico using mostly like Airbnb. And we had a lot of, you know, a lot of shitty experiences of people saying it was one thing and it was another, making promises that they couldn't keep. And then Airbnb didn't protect us. Yeah. Yeah. I heard some bad stories and I don't know what hosts go through to, um, in terms of their background, but. I think it's yeah. Kind of, it's it's iffy in both ways because it's risky for the host, depending on this like the setup of the home if it's like a shared or whatever. But right. then it's risky for the host or, or or for the guest as well. Anyways, I know you have to run, so um, do. tell my people where to find you and work with you and all that kind of stuff. 
So I have a site called Relationship Quotient. So just like your IQ, intelligence, or EQ, I help people build their RQ. And it's relationship-quotient.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Kira Sabin, my name, K-I-R-A-S-A-B as in boy, I-N. And um, I kind, I'm kind of of around, right? So if you Google me, you can find my stuff really easy. I have a podcast also called Reinventing Dating Daily. And I put out about four episodes a week just talking about things like this. Close my mind, but... Listen, it's blowing my <laughs> mind right now too in not the best ways. Uh, but I just have so much to say and there's so much we don't know. Yeah. So I'm like, I just want to start, you know, like right here, even Veronica with you and I talking about stuff every day. There's still so much information out there that I'm still learning, right? Yeah. And And just... So I am just trying to bring it to people because I want them to make critical, use critical thinking skills before they put themselves in situations or attach to somebody who's dangerous or, or toxic. Yeah. Or just not ready, even right. though they say they are. <laughs> right. Know? So I have 300 episodes of, uh, of, of my podcast, which has evolved over, over time, but yeah, definitely worth checking out. Okay, cool. Well, we'll put all of that in the um the show notes and i think we're gonna i was on your podcast and i think we're gonna air that on here so everyone can get a sample of of you um and your stuff but but and i and i've said this before at the beginning of the episode but i'll just say right now like kira's like my go-to if you're like ah veronica's talking about money now what about dating and relationships i'm like kira kira is your girl so thank you <laughs> um yeah and i uh i'll just say like i don't really like most dating and love coaches <laughs> Because I, I feel, feel like the exact same way. Most of it's like law of attraction, just like energy. And I'm just like, all in the one. <laughs> Don't put any thought to it at all. And I'm sure you have nothing look, that you're doing. I'm not making fun of anyone who is into that or has felt like they were duped by that by any stretch because it is enticing shit for sure. Um, but I mean, look, this might just be my Capricorn self talking, but like I'm all about the woo, but I need it to be grounded in reality. Okay. And I think that's where um, a lot of my listeners are. So that's why I like no like hesitations or anything like that. Like fully recommend your work to anyone listening to this, who's, you know, wanting to either learn or make an investment and in they're building their skills and coaching all that kind of stuff. So, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yay. Thank you, Veronica. Bye everybody. Where do I, oh, I was like, <laughs> recording. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.